Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed as you listen to this audio sermon streamed live from Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a family Bible-based non-denominational church preaching Jesus Christ, based in Montana. Visit www.kingswaychristianfellowship.com. Now here is Pastor Werner Schultz. And wonderful name of Jesus. So I've been praying, and there's something that it was for a long time on my heart. My wife Ellen and I, we spoke about it. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to preach on this. There was a man in the Bible, and he went to deep, deep troubles. Anybody here who has lived through troubles in your past? One, one, one. So there are a few. You perhaps might understand when I speak about this man and what he had and what he came to at the end after the troubles were over. It was not all blurry before him in God's sight or before God. It was clear to him. And he made a wonderful, wonderful expression. And his name is Job. How did you know that? Did you look into my Bible? No, but it's, it's clear. And I want to speak this morning on one very important sentence. And may the Lord, through the Spirit of God tonight or this morning, make it real in your life as well. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. I've heard about you, I've heard about you, but now my eyes see you. That's all what I re- want to read. I'm going to pray now. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. All this, O Lord, what is written in your book, in the Bible, we thank you for that. Even, Lord, the smallest sentences, Lord, being spoken by men of God in the Bible, became alive, O Lord, and I pray this morning that this word he upset, and this was the conclusion of all his life. Lord, I thank you that you will bless this word. Give grace to speak the word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also, I pray, give grace to act up on your word in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I've heard of you only by the hearing of my ears, but now my eyes see you. What is your relationship to Jesus this morning? You must say, well, I'm, I've been growing up in a Christian family. I've heard the gospel from very, very long on. When I was two, three years, I went to Sunday school. I heard all the things of Jesus, all the miracles, all the things Jesus said. But where are you now? Is that all what you experience hearing with your ears? But it says here, but now my eye has seen you. 
And I pray that you this morning might see Jesus. I'm not asking for a vision, but I ask this, that the Spirit of God might bring Jesus so clear to you home that you can say, Lord, I do love you. You are real. You are real. Hallelujah. Do you know Jesus is real? Do you know he's here this morning? I do. Hallelujah. Jesus is real. There's nothing as real as the Bible, as Jesus, as the word of God, as God himself. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why we don't care whatever might come. Jesus is there. Hallelujah. And if even if difficulties will come to you and Satan will try to deceive you and uh, uh, bring you into troubles, then uh, don't answer the doorbell. <clears throat> and, and if Satan stands there, say, just a moment, I've got somebody here. He wants to talk to you. Jesus, could you come and talk to Satan? Tell him. And you will see Satan will go. Hallelujah. So I remember an old, old German Sunday school song. And it's this. When Satan klopft an meines Herzens Tür. Robert, hast du verstanden? Yeah. And he said, let me in, let me in. That means, I, I, I'm saying it in English. When Satan is knocking at the door of my heart and said, let me in, let me in. Then I said to him, no, there's no room within me. Jesus Christ lives in me. Hallelujah. And then, and then he turns around and goes and goes. Hallelujah. And that's so important that this morning we might understand the wonderful word of God. Now the book of Job is for many faith prosperity preachers somehow a riddle. They don't know what to do with this book. Have you ever read uh, the book of Job? And if you read it, there are so many things you mightn't understand. But Job, he was mitten in the situation. He didn't watch it. He experienced it. And when all these things that came up on him and his uh, skin was perhaps peeling off and he was scratching his skin and sitting in the ashes there. And this man was suffering, suffering, suffering. What was wrong with him? Was there anything wrong with Job? Let the Spirit of God tell you something. And if God says something about us, it's the truth. Amen? It's the truth. Whether you like it or not, and God was speaking about Job, very good things. And he, I pray the Lord could speak these things about my life as well. Now Job doesn't fit into the theology of many people, the so-called faith prosperity preachers. This, some know that Job doesn't fit into their 
theology. Now, if you look a little bit, Job, he didn't have very much. He had no written revelation of God. He even didn't have the Ten Commandments. They came later. Nor did he have any prophet he could read about what the prophet went through and then perhaps would have led him in his sight to God. All these things he didn't have. You as a Christian in this 21st century, you have the luxury of a Bible. And some have even electronic Bible. They don't have to do this tip in, and it's there. And even all the different translations. Job didn't have these things. But still, he had a faith and a trust in God, and nothing, nothing, whatever Satan or his friends, they were anyway no good for him. They were helpless. Did it help him somehow? No. It was at the end so that Job should pray for them because they were wrong. They have not spoken as Job has spoken, God says. And Job should pray for them. And they had to bring sacrifices for their sins because they have not spoken like Job. Job has spoken right. Now we see as something he didn't have any prophecy. But one thing was clear. Job, he lived in a land. The land was Uz, U-Z. Somewhere at the Persian Gulf, he had his house there, or rather his tent. And so that's all he had. And then one day this suffering came upon him. Horrible suffering. We all got about what our dear brother Morris Nicholson went through with his, what do you call it again? Psoriasis. And I heard a little bit, he might have made a sentence. I'm like Job. Must have been horrible. Horrible. I must say the Lord has given me always good health. I, I don't know all these things. The only thing I had was this, you know, when I had to go to the, had to go to the hospital and they did a little plumbing job for the blood. And the plumbing job was done Everything is okay. The blood flows again there where it's supposed to be flowing. So that's all I had. And so I'm so glad. Now in Edom, not far away from Edom, he was there at the Persian Gulf. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 30. We read about Solomon. Solomon, wisdom surpassed the wisdom of the sons of the east and all the wisdom 
of Egypt. Did you realize something what I read here? Where was wisdom to be found? Of course, by the, by the Lord. And Sam, uh, Salomon, his wisdom was so great, even greater than the wisdoms of the sons of the of the sons of the east. In other words, in the east, from Salomon, there were wise people. And these people from the east came when Jesus was born. And we call them also wise men, yes? So these, there were wisdom in the east. And Solomon's wisdom was even greater than theirs. And I asked myself while I was praying and studying the word of God, where did perhaps Job get the wisdom from? He didn't have any prophet. He didn't have any written word. He didn't have an electronic Bible. If he would have had it, he would have opened up and read it day and night because he knew these are words from God. Do you appreciate the word of God? Listen, do you? Even this, this word of God. You know, you know when I do this what I mean. And you know when I do this, then you know what I mean then. That's a genuine Bible here. And we see, where did he get the wisdom? Job was a real person. And his story was a real event, was not just something said. It was real. And if, when you go to heaven, you will see Joel there. You can ask him, Joel, where did you get your wisdom from? I had nothing, he would say. I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have even the Ten Commandments. Where did he get the wisdoms, perhaps, from? In Genesis, and there's something interesting. In Genesis chapter 46, verse 13, and something dawned on me. If you study the Bible, you will get answers. Hallelujah. What do we read there? We read there, we find Job being a son of whom? Issachar. He was a son of Issachar. Did you know that? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And we can read it very clearly. The sons of Issachar, Tola and Puva, and Job and Shimron. Who was here? Can you see it? Actually, Job, not Lob. Job and Shimron. He was actually a son of Issachar. And who was Issachar? A son of Jacob. So we see something that is somehow aligned. 
And let's keep going. It seems to be very clear that Job lived before the giving of the law. Otherwise, he would have quoted the law. He lived in a time, as we say, the dispensation of promise. The dispensation, the time of the forefathers. In German, we call them the Erzväter. That means the ones who were before. And all these forefathers were there. And the date in which this book would have been written was about 1843 to 1700 before Christ. A long, long time before. So, and this Job, he heard a lot. Now, how did he get the knowledge about God? I heard of you by the hearing of my ear. So, but, now, now, how did he get to this from then, the hearing of the ear, to now my eyes sees, my eyes sees you? How did he get to that? How did he get to it? Now we know Job was a, a uh, nomad. That means he lived in a tent. And he had um, uh, oxen. He had uh, camels, donkeys, and all these things. And each time at the evening when he looked into the east, and if he saw a dust cloud, Building up in the east. What did he know? He knew a caravan is coming. They were traveling on camels, donkeys, and all that stuff. A big camel was, compared to today, a big motorbike, perhaps a Harley Davidson. And when he saw these Harley Davidsons, who eat grass and stuff like that and hay. When he saw this, this dust cloud, he knew somebody is coming, a caravan is coming. And a caravan, there were always 10 people or minute, at least five, six, seven, or eight, because they traveled long distances through the wilderness and they had to protect themselves from anything what was there, wild enemies or so, or even robbers. And they were coming, and if they saw this, then they knew somebody is going to come and visit us. Our friend Abraham. Have you read about him? In Genesis chapter 18. It was a warm day, and he was sitting at the door of his house or tent. And all of a sudden, he saw three men standing in front of him when he looked out. And he got up, went to these three men, and said, If I have, I want to read it rather in Genesis 18, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oak of Mamre. Is that something that 
means something to you? That's where Abraham lived, at the Oak of Mamre. While he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day, when he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant. Do not pass your servant by. That means, in other words, this was an invitation. And the Lord came in. Three men, perhaps a picture of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is, not, this is a real theophany. God was there. And Abram understood and said, if I have found grace in your sight, please do not pass me by. In other words, come in. Come in. Come in. Did you know these people of age in that time were very, very polite people? If I found grace in your sight, please do not pass me by. He didn't dare to say, come in. But that was, in other words, an invitation. That means, Brother Eddie, when you come and visit me and stand before my door, front door, and ring the bell and I come out, I don't say, please, don't go away. What do I say? Come in, Brother Eddie. Come in. And we have always a good fellowship. Praise the Lord. And that was here, the same. And perhaps, if you remember, Job was the son or a son of Issachar. Issachar was a son of Jacob. And it could have been that at the night time, a caravan came and came to Issachar. Job was there. He was a son of Issachar. And now, let me put this way. A caravan was a newspaper in the days then. They came from far, experienced things, and reported when they come to another tent. And they reported about what they saw. Of course, there was always a theme. These people were close, close to God. There were always the thought about God who created everything. They didn't have any entertainment, whatever. They didn't have any movies and garbage like that. No, they were coming and experiencing and hearing, and they experienced and spoke perhaps about the things happening years ago. And Job was there perhaps as a young man listening in, and perhaps all of a sudden, his father, Issachar, said, I have to tell you a story. 
My own father saw it. My own father had a dream when he was running from his brother. And when he came to a place, and he might have reported about this, what Jacob saw in chapter 28 Genesis. It's a very, very important milestone for Jacob. And there we read verse 20, chapter 28, verse 12 and 13. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Now this Issachar was the son of Jacob and he might have reported there when Job was as a young man listening to these stories. And he heard, there is a God in heaven and this Jacob saw a ladder and the angels of God we're descending and ascending, and God was there. Now, what picture was painted in young Job's life? There is a God in heaven. Amen. There is, whether you think or not, there is a God in heaven. This was discussed about when the caravans met at nighttime, and Job was there. And all these things were deep, deeply being sunk into his soul. I only heard about you and imagine what must have been the desire of this young Job. Oh God, you're there if I only, only would be able to experience you as my father or grandfather Jacob experienced. I heard of you only by the hearing of the ear. That's so important. And that's why every ministry on children is important. And all you Sunday school helpers and teachers and so on. Remember, you are doing a great job. A great job. Could you imagine I was also once a little boy? Like this young man here. Sister Cara, to your right. Do you know this young man? You don't know him? I was a young man like him. My hair were a little bit lighter, not as nice as his hair. But I was going to Sunday school. And I heard all the stories of Jesus. How wonderful. What I heard then, I never ever, and that is the wonderful thing. And Sunday school teachers don't teach the children as if this is just a fairy tale. No! There's no fairy tale story in the Bible. They're all truths from the beginning to the end. And I heard all the stories then, like my friend. Johnny, is it? 
isn't it? Like my friend Johnny. I heard everything. It didn't go in here and out there, no. It went in here. And somehow it did something here. And all the wonderful pictures, the felt pictures, you know, they have as a teaching aid for the children. I remember these. How wonderful. And I saw just pictures. And in the depths of my soul was the story of the Bible engraved. Now I could imagine at an evening like this, when Esau talked about his father, Jacob, how he saw at Bethel, heaven, and a ladder going to heaven, and the angels going up and down, and at the top of the ladder, there was God. And then this God spoke to him. And what did this God speak to Abraham, uh, no, uh, Job's grandfather, actually was then Job's grandfather, yes? Issachar was his father. Issachar was a son of Jacob. Now, and above, let me read verse 12 again. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac, the Lord, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants. Hallelujah. Do, does Israel have a right to live in Israel? Yes, it came directly from heaven, from God who was on the top of the ladder. And this land on which you are lying, I will give it to you and your descendants. Hallelujah. That's a document. That's a document, isn't it? And now, he knew. That's perhaps what Job might have heard as well. Job heard, Job heard about the reality of heaven. Hallelujah. Heaven. If it's here, it won't sink down. So, a tie is too smooth, you know, and it slips down, slides down. I put it on the jet. That's a little bit rougher. So, okay. Back to preaching. Now Job heard about the reality of heaven. The reality of God. There is a God in heaven. And also he learned that God is absolute righteous. Can I hear an amen? God is absolute, absolute, absolute what? Righteous. Amen? So there's no shadow of unrighteousness in God. 
There's nothing that would somehow bring God in the picture that he was unrighteous. No. He is righteous. Absolute righteous. And we see here all this at such nightly normate visits Job heard about the righteousness of God. Do you remember the wisdom of Solomon was greater than the wisdom of all the men of the of the of the east. In the east there was wisdom but Solomon's wisdom was far far greater. It was the wisdom of God. Amen. There were wise people in the east. Now on all these people from the east, and when Job was sitting together with his father, perhaps his grandfather Jacob as well, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say so. The Bible says that he had camels and all these things. He was a Norman. And perhaps one of these people that coming, were coming from the east might have said, have you ever heard there was once a humongous flood? Have you ever heard about it? There was once a flood, a worldwide, a global flood. Although some people don't want to know anything about it. Especially so-called scientists. They don't want to know anything about it. But this perhaps might have been planted into Job's young soul. While he was sitting there. And the light of the oil lamp was lighting up the room in the tent. And he might have heard that God judged the world then, then, then. And all the earth was flooded. Only eight people remained. At such nightly nomad visits, he might have heard about this judgment of God. And we'll read about it Genesis chapter 6, the verses 13 to 14. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. God has then made a decision the earth and everything to destroy. But there was one family. Hallelujah. The family of Noah and his wife and his um, daughters-in-law and his sons. They all went through the flood and were saved. So in other ways, when Job might have heard this, he couldn't read it in the Bible. He didn't have a Bible, but that was the newspaper of the days. These caravans, they came and told about things they have heard. 
And Job took it in. He knew God is a just God. Hallelujah. Now in the wilderness, in a desert where he lived, there was not many, well, many things he could have entertainment have from. He was sitting in his tent, looking after his camels, oxen, and, and donkeys, and all these things, and sheep, and so on. But there came an, a message, and that's the way it was then. And Job might have heard that God is a just So important in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, there's a verse, and this verse implied or applied to my young life and kid when I was a kid as well. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, 21, 23, 25, 40, 46. What does the Bible? That's, it's not something I have invented this year. The Spirit of God says, train up a child the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Everyone active in Sunday school. Do it. Pray for the children you are teaching. Don't make fun of anything. Don't make fun of anything. Teach the word of God that the children can understand. When I was in school, in my days, The government schools had also to teach, they call it religion. And I was a child of a Christian family. I knew the Bible. And we had one religious teacher or religion teacher. And he said, well, you know, the situation with Jonah and the, the whale, it's not really so. Did you know what he did in my life? I was so upset. How could a teacher say this? When the Bible speaks it and says it, it is so. Can you say it is so? Let's all say it together. It is so. And nobody else, nobody else can fiddle around it and make sound it or look differently. Now Job, he was strong in the face of God. Now, a little bit of my life in a Schultz family, it was after the war. I've been born during the war in 43 oh. Shouldn't have said it. Okay. And we were poor. The war took everything. 
The Germans didn't have anything. And perhaps, I put it this way, because Germany touched a nation they were not allowed to do, killing six million Jews. That was the answer. That was the answer. We were living then in an old army barracks with seven, six children. The Amer American soldiers, they got everywhere nice living rooms, you know, and houses. And we were in a big room. Our family was pretty big. And my, one of my older brothers, he was, uh, of course, going through the streets and so on. And I don't worry, this, this is just, just something I make up. Now, I could imagine the American servicemen, they were celebrating the victory over Germany. And Germany was down, down, down. Poor. We have nothing. Through the war, we have to leave everything where we came from. Then it was West Preussen, now it's Poland, my lieber Bruder. Yes, we had to leave everything, came with nothing to Bremen. But the American soldiers, they were celebrating, and celebrating was with singing and dancing and drinking. And one day, one of my older brother he found a, an accordion on the street. Some American servicemen, they threw it through the window and it landed on the street and it was broken. My older brother thought, well, they throw it away, they don't want it anymore. In their drunken stupor, perhaps, I don't know, he brought the accordion home and my father, he fixed it up. It was playable again. Yes, he could do it, I don't know. He fixed it up, and it was playable. And I remember the times when we sat as children, my parents, around the table. We had a big table, but all the children we had to have. And then my father took this accordion. Was that accordion with, uh, uh, like on the piano? There were accordion with knobs. And knobs here, you know. I don't know what you call them. Harmonicas, perhaps. And he was playing. He could play this thing. And we were singing. What were we singing? What were we singing? Peter. Hymns. Were you there? How do you know? <laughs> there was nothing else to sing about. We sang about the hymns. I want to come to the Redeemer, one of the hymns my parents knew from their youth. We sang them, we sang them. They were gospel hymns, and we called them in German, Robert, watch now, Evangeliumslieder. Did you understand that, what it means? Gospel songs. And these songs spoke about 
the wonderful love of God and Jesus' sacrifice and all these things I heard and we were singing there was joy in a home. Hallelujah. And on Sunday we had home group. Many people came. They came by bike then. And then all the bikes were put against the house we were living and there were 10, 15, 20 bikes and another row as well. The next day on Monday morning, my friends asked me, Werner, what did you have last Sunday? There were so many bikes. I said, well, we had visitors. <laughs> I was not a, a really a strong witness then. Well, we had visitors. Actually, we had church and we were praising the Lord. Now, so I can understand, as I grew up as a young man or a boy, under the songs of the gospel, that was deep planted in my heart. Likewise, Job, what he heard about all these people who came as a caravan and were perhaps sleeping over. Where else could he stay? And Job said, I heard from you. By the hearing of my ear. But now my eyes sees you. He never had a vision. He never had a vision. All he heard about God from all these caravan visits was truth. And Job put his trust in God. Job didn't know what happened in the heavenlies. The conversation God had with Satan, he didn't know. Neither did his wife know. But the Bible describes him else as perfect. He was perfect. Isn't it interesting? Now this word Perfect, tam, in Hebrew. Is the right sister Hebrew? Tam for perfect? Yes. Tam. He was perfect. In other words, it doesn't mean that he didn't make any mistake or so, but perfect in a sense if there's something to be assembled, everything was there. Nothing was missing. That's the word tam or perfect. And he was also another character that was shown in his life. He was upright. He was upright. And upright is straight. There were no wishy-washy things in his life. He didn't have to lie in order to make a situation nice. You know all these so-called, what do you call them? White lies. I only, pardon? Is it right? Is, is there in English white lies? Yes? So I thought every lie is 
Black is a sinful thing. Black sin, yes. There are no white lines in the light of God, neither did Job use any white lies. He was straight. And even God had to tell the devil, he is upright, he is upright. And he shies from every unrighteousness away. Job was fearing God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Hallelujah. Do you fear God? Could the Spirit of God tell of you? He or she is fearing God. Don't listen to all those who say, don't fear God. Listen to those what the Bible says, we must fear the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. If you don't fear the Lord, don't think that you're smarty. No. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. And that was with Job. He feared the Lord. And as he was sitting in the ashes and scraping his wounds, and his wife couldn't see it any longer and said, curse God and die. Are you still holding to your righteousness? Still curse God and die. What did Job do? Did he say, well, actually, you're right. It's horrible how I'm sitting here in the ashes. And the blood is running down my arms from scratching. What did Job say? Yes, but I want to get this clear. In Job 2.10, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall I indeed accept good from God? Now this Job did not sin in any way with his lips. Now you're standing before God. If there's overwhelming hardship coming up on you, what is the next word coming out of your mouth? Answer to God. What is coming out of your mouth? I've been working in the world as well amongst rough people. And I remember one who delivered steel once to us. And he was swearing and swearing, as you say, he was swearing his head off. And I couldn't stand it any longer. You know, swearing hurts my ears. 
And he said, listen, God didn't give you the mouth to swear. He gave you a mouth to praise his name. He looked at me like a car. He didn't know. But that's what it is. Job never in any situation did he sin with his lips, the Bible say. Now Job turned away from all evil. Suver in, I think that's the word, I might not pronounce it right in Hebrew, S-U-W-R. So, he turned away from every evil. If evil was only mentioned to him, he might have said, don't tell me, I don't want to know about it. Is that your character? There was the character of a man who didn't have a Bible, who didn't have this Bible. So, you're so proud of. But he loved the Lord. I heard only of you from hearing of the ear. Be glad what you hear about the word of God. Take it into your heart. Job did. And then when he got through, he said, but now, oh, hallelujah, but now, my eye sees you. I don't have to have a DVD about God and all these things, but my eyes sees you. He knew who God was, amen. Do you know who God is? Even without any great miracles, he had to perform that, that in order to make you believe. No. He didn't have all these things, but my eyes see you. Is that somehow a kind of faith? Peter, what do you reckon? Yes? Hallelujah. 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 I don't wish anyone hardship. But at the end, let's read chapter 42. Then Job answered the Lord, chapter 42, verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. In other words, Nothing as nothing can somehow divert the purpose of God. If God said something, for sure it will be happening. When Jesus said, I'm coming soon, for sure it will be happening. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe that what Jesus said? Or have you just read it? And that really registered. Register it. I'm coming soon. And it will be so. Hallelujah. We see here 
he says further on, therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know, here now I will speak. I will ask you and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eye sees you. I see Jesus. Do you have at least a desire to see Jesus? This Greek came once to Philip. I think in John chapter 11 might be. They said, Lord, this spoke to him as Lord. Lord, we want to see what? Oh, whom? We want to see Jesus. Hallelujah. We want to see Jesus. There was a desire in them. They heard a lot about Jesus. But I, we want to see Jesus. I've heard from you only by the hearing of my ear. But now, my eyes have seen you. Job got through. He had this attack on his health when he was about 70 years old. And his whole age was how much? 140 years. So in the middle of his years, he had this. And he got through. But now... My eye sees you. Heavenly Father, this is what I wish for everyone, O Lord, that we might have such a close relationship with you as Job had. But now my eye sees you. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that we might understand and put everything, every hindrances, everything that's in the way, out of the way. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Hallelujah. God bless you. And all those who are still on holiday, I wish you all God blessings. Enjoy the time. May the Lord open their eyes to see Jesus. Amen.